Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio, the show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are a tradition unlike any other, recapping this year's Masters, the USFL is back for another exciting season, OBJ suiting up in the black and purple, barbecue sunflowers in the NFL draft, what will the top three teams do at this year's draft in Kansas City? The quest for the Larry O'Brien begins. With that, I give you our assistant chief for our fire brigade, Colton Cow. Thanks, Matt. We're here on a Thursday night, uh, Matt's basement. Beautiful day here in Ohio we got going on. Finally, spring is spring it seems sure like it's, it's here. So it uh, definitely puts me in a, in a better mood to see the sunshine for once and see it, see it, uh, you know, all day. But Still a lot of a lot of stuff going on in the sports world. Um, like we like we mentioned, uh, you know, the Masters was this past weekend. Um, you know, we're gonna recap that a little bit. Talk a little bit about the, you know, obviously John Rahm's impressive impressive run there to to win it. But uh, you know, some other golfers that you know were were, were kind of surprising, or you know, some top golfers that really played played well in this thing. So, Matt, what are your what are your thoughts on this? You know, this Masters. Um, you know. Rom obviously very impressive, um, considering started his very first day with a with a double bogey on the very first hole, uh, and you know, yeah, would have never thought he'd be you know putting on that green jacket at the end of the day. So what what, what do you think, Matt? Yeah, you know, it was a nice tournament all right all the way around. Uh, you know, you just talked about our great weather, but you know they didn't quite fare as well. They had a couple of stoppages for rain and and all that, but you know they still got through on time, and, and so that was a great thing to see. But you know, to me, the story of this tournament wasn't the PGA Tour golfers. Mm-hmm. It was the guys from the other tour, the, mm-hmm. the live tour golfers. You had three of the top four golfers in this tournament, all guys from the live tour. Mm-hmm. You, you had a, a great a great tournament for Phil Mickelson, who's right. kind of been up and down here lately. Right. You know, a lot of questions about, you know, if he's still into the game and, right. and how well he's playing. But, right. man, he put on a, great, a clinic that last day. Mm-hmm. Uh, tied i think a master's record or, or his master's record one of the two right with um, 65 yeah. so he had a great day there made a charge to mm-hmm. at least put some pressure on rom to, right, to keep right. playing well down the stretch mm-hmm. and uh you know got himself the second place win there yeah. kepka though another live live tour golfer he he kind of fell apart there the last day he was really leading the, the whole the whole way of this tournament yeah Fell apart on that last day. Was still able to take home second, though. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Patrick Reed was the third live golfer there. He ended up at seven under mm-hmm. uh, to make it three of the top four golfers coming out of that tournament. Right. You know, I, I know that as much as the PGA doesn't want to acknowledge that other league, right. you, you have things like this happening. You, you kind of got to. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. No. Absolutely. You know, like you said, Phil Mickelson playing playing really well and. It's actually been uh, – he really hasn't played all that well since switching to kind of the live tour. He really hasn't done much even in that, you know, in the live tour. Um, so, you know, honestly, yeah, coming into this, I don't think you would have really given him a shot, you know, no matter which league he was playing for, whether right. the, the PGA or the live tour, just because when he did make the switch or since he has made the switch, he really hasn't played all that great, uh, you know, for for the live tour. But, yeah, that last day he was he was cooking up something just – Obviously, too many too many strokes behind there to to really make a make a difference. But you know, uh, yeah, hats off to him. Um, I, I saw something. He's actually the the oldest runner up in Masters history. Oh, wow. So you know that that's you know another great great accomplishment for for him. Um, and you also you know we'll see what what happens. Obviously, a lot more you know majors to to come. We'll see how these you know live guys do the the rest of the season or whatever. Um, but yeah, that you know Rom's. In, you know, finished 12 under for, for the, uh, for the tournament. Um, you know, like I mentioned, started with a, not only a double bogey, but he four putted to get that double bogey <laughs> right. on the very first hole, the very first day. Um, you know, and, and so, yeah, you would have never thought based on that starting performance, uh, that, that he'd be putting on that green jacket, but here he is, uh, you know, it's definitely one of those things that, you know, guys that, you know, golf is a, is a mental game right. more than it is physical sometimes. And, and so if it, I was watching the scoreboard closely by the end of that day one, he was tied, tied with Kepka. Right. He, he made, the a, best. made a great yeah. run there. You know, yeah, he, he definitely put that past him. And I think that's, that's what makes him greater. That's what yeah. makes the guys that, that are up towards the top great is that they, they don't you know, let one hole right, right affect them. They, they, you know, block it out and move on to the next hole and, you know, get, get, you know, claw their way back. And he definitely, definitely did that. But, you know, 
not only was he on fire or, you know, consistent throughout this Masters, but he's been on fire this whole year. Um, this is already the fourth time that he's won so far on the on the tournament, um, which is, you know, awfully familiar because, you know, a guy that won the Masters last year in Scotty Scheffler did the exact same thing, won four times, uh, you know, during this during this span to start, start the season off. So, you know, I, we'll see. Obviously, this is the John Rom that we were used to seeing here, you know, as of the last couple, I mean, a couple of years ago, it was the same thing. We were watching this guy win tournament after tournament or be up there towards the top. And then kind of had a little bit of a, of a falling now, just, you know, still competing and was still competitive, but just, you know, wasn't winning with the consistency that we were right. used to seeing him. Uh, but he looks like he's back in, you know, back in rare form, uh, you know, obviously gets his first, first master's victory ever. Uh, so he gets that, that, elusive uh you know green jacket yeah. or whatever and and his second major championship he he won the 2021 uh u.s open um so with this um you know for me it, it it's uh i think it's really even hats off just because of the inconsistency in play of being you know uh so many stoppages due to weather and due to other other things uh, you know at the at the tournament this really was a test for right. for for Rom. I mean, they, they locked in that whole. Yeah, time. the the final Sunday, you know, the final day where they're usually only playing eighteen holes. Rom played thirty holes of golf Man. on on the final day. I mean, played almost two full rounds on on the final day, uh, and I think that just is a testament to his his stamina, his you know um, his his conditioning that he has. Uh, because I'm not sure that you know a lot of golfers would be able to do that, or you right. know, be able to play and play as well as he did, having to play that number of you know holes in in a single day. Um, but you know, it it uh, you know, like I said, uh, Kepka Kepka struggled down down the stretch, and and Rom you know took advantage of it. Um, you know, a stat that really kind of stands out for me as far as Kepka goes, he went 22 consecutive holes on Sunday without a birdie. Uh, so, you know, it started on the par five eighth hole in the, in the third round, even though they were playing on the technical fourth round. Um, and it went all the way. He didn't par par or he didn't birdie another hole until the 13th hole, the par five 13th in, in round number four. So for me that, that, you know, um, and, and during that stretch, you know, he saw himself go from, you know, being in the lead by, you know, three, four strokes to being down two, three strokes. So well, and then when he did finally get that birdie, he had to feel deflated because then Rom came right back right, and exactly. birdied the next hole to, to right. pull right back ahead. Right, right. Yeah, it just seemed like every time, you know, Kepka did something, you know, wrong, Rom definitely took advantage mm -hmm. of it. Or even when, you know, Kepka thought, oh, man, I got him on this one. Right. You know, Rom pulled out something out of his hat there and, was able to, you know, keep, keep it going. Um, yeah, this, this guy's on fire to start, start the year. We'll see if, you know, that consistency can continue. Um, you know, some other notable golfers, um, you know, Jordan Spieth, uh, tied for fourth up there, uh, finished seven under for the tournament. Uh, you know, like I mentioned previous, uh, last year's master winner, Scotty Scheffler finished four under tied, tied for 10th. Um, Victor Hovland, who was kind of the leader after day one and kind of a big, big surprise after day one, finished the tournament uh, six under and tied for seventh. So, you know, after day one, he was seven under and, you know, finished the tournament six under. So kind of played just, you know, consistent par golf or whatever, wasn't able to really kind of follow up that great performance he had on day one. And I think that probably plays into the whole, you know, start, stop, start, stop in all the weather. I mean, there were times where it was just, a torrential downpour out there and they were trying to, you know, play through it. Um, you know, Rory McElroy, who's never won a masters himself. He didn't even make the cut. Um, Bryson DeChambeau, who's also deflected to the, to the live, you know, didn't make the cut as, as well. Um, Dustin Johnson, who was kind of the first guy to really make the jump to this, mm. to the live golfer made the cut, but finished eight over, uh, tied for 48th. Um, and then I think, you know, big story, obviously, Tiger made the cut by, you know, the skin of his teeth, you know, bare, just barely made it, right. uh, which, you know, in itself is is pretty impressive because, um, you know, he's now made 23 straight Masters right. cuts, which, you know, the ties for, there. you know, yeah. ties for the longest streak uh, ever. Uh, like I said, you know, just barely, barely made that thing, but then uh, had to had to withdraw in the in the third round, you know, couldn't couldn't continue, obviously, that 
his health is always going to be, you know, a topic of discussion. Right. Uh, you know, he uh, apparently aggravate, aggravated some plantar fasciitis that he has in, in that right foot that, uh, you know, was one of the one of the you know issues that he had when you know getting that that car accident you know a couple of years ago. So, uh, but we'll see what what he's able to do. Um, you know, obviously making the cut at this point is is something that I think he's shooting for. You know, to make that cut to be able to you know try to play you know several rounds of golf, but uh, you know just wasn't able to able to do it do it in this one. Uh, so we'll see what his, you know, the rest of his schedule, what the rest of the season looks like for him. If it's, you know, if he's going to play in another tournament before we get to like the U S open or, you know, the PGA championship or anything like that. Uh, But, you know, yeah, I I think, you know, Rom was, was the consistent golfer here, you know, hats off to him getting that, getting that green jacket. Uh, We'll see what he can do in the rest of the rest of the majors here, Uh, but played great golf over the, over the weekend and, you know, an up and down kind of inconsistent, you know, type, uh, type of tournament. So, all right, well, moving over then to football, but we're not going to be talking about the NFL. We'll be talking about one of our, you know, one of these, uh, you know, alternative leagues that's going on here in the, in the spring ball, obviously the XFL's already underway and almost through the the regular season uh, for them, but you know, the USFL made its return last year um, to, you know, some mild success or, you know, some great success. So they had enough success that they brought it back for another, for another season. So you got to almost say great success because they're the first one to really make it through a full season. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And, you know, play their championship. So you got, you got to respect that. And they had some guys even make it to the pros out of there, which speaks, speaks volumes. Mm -hmm. And and those guys that did make it to the pros contributed. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. you had a Turpin there with the Cowboys, one of the best punt returners in the league, just an electrifying player. Yeah, absolutely. You know, to show that was, was huge for the USFL. Right, right. Yeah, no, like Matt hit it nail on the head there, you know, in the, in the first season, uh, the, the Birmingham Stallions were, you know, were your champion. Um, they uh, finished the regular season nine and one and, and took on the other team that was nine and one in the championship. So that, that played out, I think, how the USFL wanted it to play out the two best teams playing, you know, duking it out for the championship. Um, but, you know, we're just kind of going to run through maybe some of the, the changes, obviously going into this, going into this second season. Um, so what I was reading is, you know, really the only major change. Um, so eight teams, same, somewhat same eight teams that were in it last year are, you know, coming back. The only change that's coming when it comes to the, the teams so Home last field, year, right? yeah, well, last year we had the Tampa Bay Bandits, and this year it's going to be the Memphis Showboats is taking their spot. So, again, same eight teams, just, you know, moving moving cities for, right. for, for one team. Um, and then half of the league's coaches have, have changed. So, um, you know, first year, you know, the first year head coaches for half the teams, no longer the same head coaches, uh, you know, going forward. So, the Houston Gamblers made a change um, at the head coaching position. They move on from Kevin Sumlin, uh, the longtime you know co- college coach, Texas A and M, Arizona. Um, they're moving over then to Curtis Johnson, who's going to be their new their new head coach. Um, a little bit of you know a little bit of his pedigree. Uh, he was wide receivers coach at Miami of Florida. He's been the wide receivers coach with the Saints. Uh, he even served as a head coach for the Tulane football team uh, from 2012 to 2015. Didn't have a great stellar record there. Went fifteen and thirty three, and only had one winning season with with Tulane. But you know, getting you know getting his feet wet or getting his opportunity to be you know a head coach here in in, in the USFL. So we'll see what you know he can do and you know a little bit of, of redemption for himself. Um, the Michigan Panthers moving on from Jeff Fisher, who you know is probably one of the most notable coaches in the right. in the USFL. Uh, moving on from Jeff Fisher to uh, Mike Nolan, who another uh, big name was right, owner, right, right. Um, so spent some time. Uh, he's been been coaching since 1981. Uh, even spent time as a head coach for the for the San Francisco 49ers. About about a three and a half year stint with the 49ers. Again, not a super great record. Went 18 and 37 with the with the 49ers. Um, but a defensive guy that's been a defensive coordinator for eight different NFL mm-hmm. teams. So a lot of a lot of NFL pedigree, you know, for, for Mike Nolan. So obviously, you know, that that's going to help hopefully create some of those connections and, you know, make help, help some of those guys make the jump to either the NFL or the XFL, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, tickles their fancy. 
Um, in the New Orleans, New Orleans Breakers, moving on from Larry Fedora to John Delafipo. Filippo. Yeah, uh, he's he was with the Cowboys for a while. I right, recall. right. He uh, has been a three-time NFL offensive coordinator. Uh, he's got 22 years of coaching experience. Um, has been in and has been in the NFL since 2005. So you know, again, a lot of lot of NFL connections there, a lot of co- NFL experience. So. You know, getting his first opportunity, I think, to be a, a, a head coach. So we'll see how that, you know, how that plays out for him. And then finally, the last team that's making a change at the coaching position, um, the Pittsburgh Maulers, moving on from Kirby Wilson over to Ray Horton, um, who has 23 years of coaching experience, um, including six years as a defensive coordinator for the Cardinals, the Browns, and the Titans. Um, not one of those names that really stands out. There. Right. Well, and it's crazy because the guys won three Super Bowls. Wow. One, one as a player, and then he won two as the defensive backs coach for the Steelers. So, you know, another defensive-minded guy, um, you know, so – and obviously a Pittsburgh favorite, you know, mm-hmm. being a coach, you know, with, with the Steelers. So, you know, hometown crowd and, you know, whatnot with Pittsburgh. So we'll see what, what he can do. Again, I think getting somewhat of his first head coaching experience here right. with, the, with the USFL. So – um, other notable, you know, notable changes, uh, somewhat staying the same. They're going to play 10 game, you know, 10 game regular season. Then they'll have, you know, the same playoff format. Uh, they play two divisional contests. Then, you know, whoever wins those two divisions, then play each other in the championship game. Um, I think the only thing that's different this year compared to last year where they played basically all the games at the same location, Mm -hmm. they're playing them at four different locations this year. Um, So Birmingham, Detroit, Memphis, and Canton, Ohio are serving as the four kind of regional sites for the regular season games. Um, So, you know, kind of, kind of interesting, you know, close to, close to home for us. So it may, you know, may get the opportunity to go catch a game, you know, tickets are, tickets are cheap, you know, we'll go, you know, go catch a game, you know, whatever. But uh, you know, that doesn't, just because this is, you know, alternative league, you know, not as big as the NFL doesn't stop them from getting big time uh, TV contracts. Mm-hmm. They, you know, game's going to be aired on Fox, NBC, Fox Sports One and, and USA Network. So some pretty, you know, pretty big names there in the in the TV, you know, sports TV world. So it's, uh, you know, it's going to be going to be exciting. Um, you know, that they're obviously, yeah, I think the big thing was getting through that first season it seemed what they, what they could do and, um, you know, brought it back for a second season. So trying to get through another season and see what, what they can do. And you got to consider the Italians really the, the favorite to defend their title. Mm-hmm. They really, they brought back most of that team. Yeah. Big time running back, Bo Scarborough, linebacker, Scooby, Wright. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, a great core there to right, return. Right, right. Uh, some other big names in the league. Uh, you got the new New Jersey Generals. They're all returning the last year's offensive player of the year, running back Darius Victor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they've got quarterbacks Kyle Laletta and Adrian Martinez, who okay. uh, played for Nebraska. Right, right. Uh, so some pedigree there. Uh, and a, a fun or interesting fact okay. is the number one overall pick in last year's draft, Shea Patterson. Not even, not in, even the in the league this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, and it's going to, yeah, some players, they pan out, some don't, you know, just, yeah, some that thought they were, you know, good in college or, you know, halfway decent in college, you know, still can't even make it in, you know, one of these lower, you know, lower leagues, um, you know, just you got to gotta want it, got to have the drive, you know, whatnot. So we'll see, we'll see what happens, uh, you know, if, if we, you know, crowning a new, a new champion, you know, after this, after this season or, you know, Birmingham repeats as, as the champions, they got, like I said, a, a good core on both sides right. of the ball that you know will help them out you know quite a bit but uh you know some changes at the head coaching position for several teams we'll see if that's the difference in, in you know how some of these teams perform uh but yeah looking looking forward to it uh it's going to be going to be exciting stuff so football all year you know seems like all year round now because right. of because of these couple of you know leagues that are you know, finding their way and, and, and figuring out how to stay, you know, stay afloat. So I think this will be the biggest year for the USFL to, to see if they're really going to be a long-term success or mm-hmm. still kind of a fly by night. I think you get through two seasons and yeah, you, you probably have a little staying power. Right. Yeah. Makes you somewhat legitimize yourself yeah. or whatever. So yeah, we'll see, see what they can do. Keep it, keep it going and, you know, see who else can make the jump from, from the USFL and make an impact in, in the NFL. So, all right, well, we're going to take a quick uh, commercial break. Stick with us. we got a little bit of NFL talk, and then we're going to wrap it up with uh, some NBA playoff talk. So stick with us. We'll be right back.
This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. All right. Thanks for sticking with us. Like I mentioned before the break, I'm going to talk a little bit of NFL NFL news here. Uh, the first one we're going to talk about, like we said, OBJ signs with the Baltimore Ravens. That's right. Odell Beckham Jr. gets a gets a deal, gets on a new team um, after kind of sitting out last year due to some injuries. Finally finds a new home in, in Baltimore on a one-year eight. It's up to eighteen million, but fifteen million guaranteed. Uh, but you know, like I said, it can go up to eighteen million with all the different incentives and whatnot. But uh, you know, Matt, what's your what's your thoughts on this? You know, good good for both sides. What what do you think? I mean, the the Ravens could definitely use a wide receiver, but mm-hmm. I just don't know. That now's the time. They, they have other pressing issues. Mm-hmm. You got your quarterback Lamar Jackson, who says he wants traded. He right. wants out of town because you're not paying him, right? And now you're paying up $15 million for a guy who didn't even play last year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A torn ACL, you don't know if he's going to be his former self, and you're right. ponying up that kind of cash. Mm-hmm. But you haven't gotten Lamar under contract yet. Right. I, I don't know if this was done to try to entice Lamar to come back mm-hmm. or, or or if this was done in spite of that whole deal. And, and what, what did they tell Beckham when they signed him? Right. I, they say, hey, we, we got a pro ball, pro ball quarterback, quarterback on the roster because – Right. Huntley was a pro bowler. Right, right, yeah. So, so you know, I, I don't know if that's that was their selling point mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. Or, or really what they told him to get him in the door. But, right. you know, I, I, I think it's a good pickup. They they did need a, a wide receiver if Odell's the Odell of a couple of years ago. Right. If he's the Odell of the Browns, not mm-hmm. so sure it's a great pickup. Mm-hmm. If he's the Odell of the Giants toward the beginning, yep. great pickup. Yeah. Odell toward the end of the Giants, not so not great. So great. Right, so, right. You know, this thing's just a, a toss-up for mm-hmm. me. I, I don't really know what it's going to be, and it's really going to depend on who's got thrown him the football. Right, if, yeah. it, if it's Huntley and not Jackson, right. I don't know if this thing pans out. Yeah, I don't know how happy he's going to be, yeah. you know, uh, with that, because that, that always seems to be the problem, is as soon as the mm-hmm. team starts to go south, that's when his out. attitude and, you know, his whole mindset goes south. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely going to be going to be interesting. And, and, and it, it really is interesting because it doesn't sound like, you know, the Ravens did sell him on, you know, Lamar being there, you know, whatever, because Odell, he, he didn't know. Yeah. Odell made some comments today that said, I, yeah, I'm not sure that <laughs> this solidifies, you know, that, that Lamar is coming back to Baltimore. So, um, you know, and I've, and I've heard rumors that, you know, Baltimore may use their, their first pick in the first round or trade up in the first round to possibly draft the quarterback. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see what, how it, how it plays out. But I, I think, yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. Which Odell Beckham are we going to, going to get yeah. here? Um, obviously this guy picked 12th overall in the 2014 NFL draft by the New York giants. Um, his rookie year was offensive rookie of the year. Um, in his first three seasons, he surpassed, uh, 1300 receiving yards. And then it seemed like after that, it just all went downhill. It was, it was so, you know, so many inconsistent seasons, obviously some injuries in between there. Um, but I think, yeah, obviously this Ravens team was desperate for a halfway decent wide receiver. Um, because if you look at their, the, the receivers that they have on their roster outside of Odell Beckham, eight of them. Not a single one has had an a thousand yard season. Right. That, that's eight receivers that you're looking at. Not a single one of them has had an a thousand yard season. Beckham has had five in his career, and obviously a lot of those were towards the beginning of his career. It hasn't had as much success, you know, later on. But I think, yeah, if he can even be a flash of him of his former self, uh, this is going to be a you know a, a great pickup. I don't know. The, the the price to me seems a little steep at the same time. You know, $15 million guaranteed up front uh, seems seems a little steep for a guy, yeah, like I said, hasn't played in a, in a year. When he had offers from other teams for $4 million because mm-hmm. he said, I'm not playing for $4 million. Right, so, right. So what's that tell you that what the rest of the league thought of him? Mm-hmm. Right. So, 
And, and, you know, one of those teams, um, you know, they got the deal. The Ravens got the deal done a day before actually Odell Beckham was supposed to get on a plane and fly to New York to meet with the Jets uh, because according to sources, it was literally down to either the Ravens or the Jets was where he was, where he was going to go. And I guess even before Odell Beckham signed the dotted line with the Ravens, he gave the Jets the opportunity, you know, all they needed to do was basically match the deal and he probably would have gone gone to the Jets. but And, and Beckham was kind of on that, that list of guys, Roger said, mm-hmm. if you I want, want me here, right. I want him. Right. So and is this going to mess that up? Yeah, I don't know. It could be a whirlwind. You know, the, the Jets go from, you know, playoff possible Super Bowl contenders to <laughs> all no of a sudden they, they get nothing, you know, yeah. and we're right back to the same situation we were last year. But, uh, yeah, I think at the end of the day, yeah, the, the Jets just – kind of balked at that at that number, you know, just thought that was too steep of a price to pay. Well, especially with the great young wide receiver talent they've already mm-hmm. got. Right. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But, yeah, I think, uh, you know, it, it it's, it's going to be interesting. I think, obviously, yeah, the Ravens have much higher priorities at trying to get, you know, Lamar Jackson – somewhat you know on a long-term deal get him back with the with the team you know solidify that qp qb position that's oh so important in today's you know nfl so you you, you, so he is he's already on the uh the franchise tag right do you really think he would sit out because quarterbacks typically don't like running backs i can see sitting out because they have a short shelf life Mm -hmm. they they know right they're they're wasting a year playing Mm -hmm. for a low deal quarterbacks Right. have a bit of a longer shelf life. They don't mm-hmm. typically sit out because they get out of that groove. Right, right. So, you know, I, I, I think he plays mm-hmm. on the franchise tag, even though he's not happy. Right, yeah. I, I think um, this is a this is a guy, you know, Lamar Jackson, that's, you know, he's bet on himself. He's his own agent. Mm-hmm. He has no agent. He is his own agent. Um, a, a guy that played on the franchise tag, you know, last year, knowing that he could prove, you know, that, this is it. I know I can prove to the world that I deserve, you know, this right. big contract. And, you know, he went up and played, you know, played well, obviously, again, due to some injuries, wasn't able to finish out the season. And that's been the story of his career is, you know, staying on the field. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a lot of the reason that you haven't seen either Baltimore or some of these other Anybody teams else. really, really go after him is because of that, of that health. How much, how many more good seasons does he have left because of the style and the way that he plays? Well, I think that also shows for his trade value because if, if another team were to sign him to an offer sheet, they also have to give up two first-round draft picks mm. at this point because of him being tagged. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, yeah. I, 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 he, he definitely doesn't have the value of two first-round draft picks mm-hmm. or a team would just do it. Right, right, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how, you know, like I said, how it plays out for, for the Ravens. Um, you know, obviously Odell Beckham going there – think it helps um you know the day after or the day of that it happened uh Lamar Jackson and Odell Beckham were seen partying with each other down in Miami so you know I, I don't know well it, it mixed bag because yeah. yeah they're partying in Miami and then the next day or next couple of days Odell Beckham saying yeah I don't even know me coming if, if Lamar Jackson is going to still be here or not so we shall see obviously you know long ways before the NFL season goes you know starts up but um, you know, it'll come sooner rather than later. And, you know, you definitely want to try to get your QB under right. the, under it, you know, sooner rather than later, because that's and always building some kind of rapport right. with this guy. Absolutely. I mean, brand new. You, you gotta, you gotta get, get, get on the same page. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, that's probably the, the number one thing is building that, building that chemistry. If nothing, nothing else. I think obviously while all this is going on, I'm sure Lamar Jackson is, you know, working out, doing his own personal, personal stuff, but, uh, that timing and those those that chemistry it's kind of tough to do on your own or kind mm-hmm. of build when you're not you know not throwing to the guys that you're going to actually throw to uh, during during the season. So uh, we'll see we'll see what this what this brings for for Baltimore. Um, you know what what do you think? Does this does this signing put Baltimore at the top of the AFC North? Obviously, you got the Ravens, the Bengals, the Browns, and the Steelers all in that division. You think it's still the Bengals to lose, or does this move? set Baltimore ahead that they, you know, pass the Bengals. Uh, still the Bengals to lose. Mm-hmm. And, and well, I mean, if Lamar's back, yeah, then I think you got one A, one B. Okay. That's gonna be exciting Two exciting contest. Yeah. But yeah. you know, if Lamar's not there, right, then I I look at them being closer to the bottom mm-hmm. of the league than mm-hmm. the top. Yeah. So yeah. you know it's it's it, he he would he do does a ton for that team. Right. You know uh, 
he, every game they played, they were either leading or within a touchdown in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Every game he played, right, like, right. He keeps them in. He's games. a difference maker. He's a difference maker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, uh, yeah, still not really understanding. Obviously, the injuries, whatever, but still, without him, these last few seasons, what would Baltimore be? Right. Uh, I just don't. Yeah, don't understand from a Ravens perspective the the standoff on the on the contract here, but. You know, obviously everything has a price and, you know. Though, they, though I will say, had they given the, the ball to their franchise running back in the playoffs, <laughs> right. they would have moved on around without him. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. You, you know, maybe maybe Huntley's not that bad. He right. keeps him in the picture. Right, right. I don't, I don't know. Can he sustain enough wins to mm-hmm. keep him in that playoff race? Good yeah. question. All right. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Like I said, NFL season, you know, just around, you know, three, four months away. But, you know, it's going to come come quick. So, all right, well, uh, sticking with the NFL, something that's going to be happening later in this month, uh, the next you know next wave of greats getting drafted, you know, in, in like I said, in Kansas City this year. Um, so we're going to kind of run through uh, who we think, you know, teams picking in the top ten, who we think is going where and and why, and you know, kind of run through some of the some of the needs of these teams and kind of give you our perspective on you know what what they might be thinking or you know where they might go on this and. We're going to start, obviously, with the number one pick. Obviously, traded. Carolina Panthers traded the Chicago Bears for this number one pick. Um, Panthers, just on the outside looking in on the playoffs, had a chance to make the playoffs even with a seven, you know, finished seven and ten last year. But because their division was so bad, they still had a chance to make the playoffs going into kind of the last couple weeks of the season. Um, So probably not maybe your traditional team picking up towards the top, but still a team that needs – some help um and 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 i kind of have written down here the needs that they need here is quarterback wide receiver an edge rusher and an inside linebacker Mm -hmm. obviously with the number one pick usually not picking you know an edge rusher or an inside linebacker unless it's just a a phenomenal talent number one pick you're usually going going qb here and for me, I, it's obviously down to I think Bryce Young or, or, or C.J. Stroud. Exactly. From what I understand, from everything I'm reading, I, I'm leaning more towards Bryce Young. I'm not saying that Bryce Young is 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 better in that sense than than C.J. Stroud. I just think the hype is there that that you know the 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 hype is all around him, and I think probably the only knack that you can put on Bryce Young right now is is his size. Right. He is only 5'10", 204 pounds. Uh, and that's what he weighed in at the combine. Right, but right. But he also didn't do any any other things at the combine mm-hmm. other than weigh in. Right. A lot of people said that was because he artificially put that weight on, mm-hmm. knew he'd be sluggish and, and couldn't really play at that weight. Mm-hmm. They say his true weight's about 180. Right. So <laughs> – and, and, you know, from what I read and what I've read um, from different sources, there's only a handful of QBs that ever had success in the NFL being shorter than five foot eleven and playing at a weight less than 205 pounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyler Murray comes to mind, but in my opinion, uh, Kyler's a little bit better athlete, a little bit more athletic. And, and, and injury prone already. And, and yeah, has it, you know, been kind of an inconsistent up and down roller coaster for him. Um, and then, you know, Russell Wilson's the other one that comes to comes to mind. But again, I feel like he's thicker. Yeah, he, he may have may not have the height, but body frame wise, he is built bigger. And I think somewhere around the 235, 245, you know, range. So, you know, and, and I think in my opinion has Drew Brees, Drew Brees in there as well as right. far as the, the short. But mm-hmm. he was also stockier. Right, right. Um, so I just think, yeah, that's going to be something that, you know, is definitely going to be a topic of discussion. Um, yeah, I, I, obviously this Panthers team, they've had a disaster at the quarterback position. Um, you know, so we'll see, we'll see what happens, uh, with that. I, I, I like them to, to take Bryce young, you know, with their, for, with their first pick, Matt, what, what do you think? Yeah. You know, you, you hit the, you hit the nail on the head for the biggest needs and you know, you don't trade up unless you're trading up for a quarterback. Right. So I, I think you had all that a hundred percent. I think Stroud is the better quarterback of the mm-hmm. two, but you know, I do have my Buckeye colored glasses on. So right, right. I, I watched him every week. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch young every week. I'll admit that. So, mm-hmm. you know, but where, where there's a uh, smoke, there's fire mm-hmm. and young's getting all the pub right mm-hmm. now. Right. So I, I think there's something to that. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's probably the man the Panthers want. They yep. probably do go after young. Yep. Yep. We'll see what they, cause they are also picking, I think they may have the 12th pick as well in the, in the first mm-hmm. round. So, 
like I said, wide receiver wise, they're, you know, um, you know, that's the Texans who have number 12, number 12. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think, uh, obviously the Panthers picking pretty early in the second round. So I I assume that they'll probably address that wide wide receiver position, Mm -hmm. uh, in that, in that second round. Um, and like, like you mentioned, you know, the Texans then picking number two, um, last year finished three 13 and one. Again, I, I got written down some needs, uh, quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, and an edge rusher. Mm-hmm. And for me, I see this as, you know, the second QB off the board. You know, if it's not Bryce Young going one, it's it's CJ Stroud, you know, going mm-hmm. going two to the Texans. Um, this guy, again, I, I, the numbers are there. Uh, six foot three, 214 pounds. I think more of your prototypical NFL QB. Um, this guy's downfield accuracy just phenomenal uh last year when on throws 20 yards or deeper uh his qb rating was 122.4 through 12 touchdowns and only two picks and completed over 50 percent of his passes um and, and you know nothing rattles this guy at the same time uh even when he was blitzed completed almost 66 percent of his of his passes uh, about 10 yards per attempt through 19 touchdowns and one interception when he was blitzed. So, you know, I just think this guy, yeah, he's got it. He's got it there. He's got all of it. I think probably the Texans are getting a better quarterback in right. my mind that's going to last a little bit longer. Uh, just look what he did against Georgia, which mm-hmm. most people call an NFL-style type defense. Right, absolutely. And he, he picked them apart. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I just think, yeah, he's – I think the Texans probably going to be happy that that's, you know, if you will, CJ Stroud is falling to them. Um, Cause I think, yeah, I think he's going to last, last longer in the NFL um, just because of his size and his ability. Um, as long as, you know, again, like I said, the, the Texans picking 12th, I think they address that wide receiver mm-hmm. position, get, get some weapons for CJ Stroud to throw to um, and, and, you know, try to improve, improve that Texas team. Matt, what, what do you think? You know, I get a whole different feel here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do. I have a lot of the same needs that the Texans needing, but I'm not entirely sure quarterbacks. One of them, okay. the, the Texans are big on Davis mills. They, they really like him as their quarterback of okay. the future. He was yeah. a second round draft pick just a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Guy that was talked about as a potential first round. He's got a lot of talent. Yeah. I think they like him. I think they, they know they have a lot of holes and they need to put more around him. Okay. I really think the Texans probably trade out here. Okay. But taking that off the board since that's yeah. not really what we're doing here. Yeah. Best available that could help them. I think they go D-line, Will Anderson Jr. out of Alabama. Okay. And then when they get to that number 12 pick, I yeah. think that's where they go get themselves a, a wide receiver weapon. I like Jackson Smith and Jigba there okay. at 12. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Like I said, you know, the Texans obviously not so great last year. Need a lot of help probably at a lot of different positions. So, if you have the ability to trade back and get more, you know, get more picks and, you know, acquire more guys to help you out at more, more positions, that that's obviously, you know, something they would like to do, but uh, we'll see obviously a lot of, a lot of time in between now and the end of the month before, before that happens, we'll, we'll see if, you know, something happens before the draft or if it happens on, on draft mm-hmm. night. Well, then our last, our last pick uh, for our draft talk here, uh, pick number three, Arizona Cardinals coming in at the third pick uh, had a record of four and 13 last year, uh, fired their head coach starting over with a, with a new head coach. Uh, actually all three of these teams picking in the first round or in the first three picks are starting with a new head coach. Right. So, you know, no, no better way to start off your, you know, new coaching career with, you know, a top pick. So right. uh, for me, you know, I, I got the needs for, for the Cardinals as uh, needing a wide receiver, um, an offensive lineman, you know, specific, specifically an offensive guard, an edge rusher or, or a cornerback. Um, and for me, you know, if, if and, and I've heard rumors that they've been hearing calls about mm-hmm. this third pick about trading back, yeah. um, you know, and, and if they, if they stay where they are to me, I think it's Will Anderson jr. Mm-hmm. Here for, for them. Um, they lost their two sack leaders from last year. Uh, JJ Watt retired and then Zach Allen left in, in free agency. Uh, Anderson, Six foot four, two hundred and fifty three pounds. Lines up at both linebacker and defensive end. Uh, last two seasons with Alabama had almost thirty sacks. Uh, so I just think this guy has a motor on him. Something that the the Cardinals need with with losing their two sack leaders last year. A guy that can come in, I think, and make an instant impact for for the Cardinals here. 
um, if they do stay stay where they are and decide not to, to trade back. Yeah. Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I, I have pretty much the same, exact same pronostication as you here. Is right. the, the Cardinals, they're on the clock to trade. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, they don't need a quarterback. Right. And I, I, I think there's I, some other teams uh, behind they, them that, that do, that, that want to trade up yeah. big time. I, I think the top four picks could all be quarterbacks, mm-hmm. but because of some trades getting there. Right, right. So, you know, like I said, I think the Texans might trade out. I, I do think the Cardinals will trade out too, but mm-hmm. – uh, you know, not knowing for sure that they're going to best available for them since I've already got Will Anderson Jr. off the board of the Texans. Mm-hmm. I like defensive end Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech to, to okay. bolster their pass rush here. All right. Awesome. Well, we'll see. Obviously, next week we'll we'll move on to, to picks uh, four through four through six, um, you know, leading up to the leading up to the draft and kind of, you know, run through those teams and see what we what we think, um, you know, right before draft time at the end of the month in, in Kansas City. So. All right, well, over to the round ball on the hardwood. Talking NBA playoffs, baby. Uh, already We're getting underway. Yeah, already getting kicked off. Uh, you know, the, the play-in teams already underway. Uh, we got our final matchups already for the play-in tournament to see who's going to be the last teams that make it in from the East and the West uh, going up against the number one seeds in the respective conferences. Uh, we got things started on Tuesday night uh, over in the East. The number seven seed, Miami Heat taking a loss to the number eight seed Atlanta Hawks by a score of 105 to 116. Uh, you know, real quick, you know, what a, what a shocker, uh, you know, reading from everything I was reading. I mean, these, some of these experts were picking the heat, not only to win this game, but to make a run, possibly make an upset in the first round. And man, they laid an egg in that first, that first game. I mean, they looked all out of sorts, even playing at home. They, they looked, yeah, they looked bad. Um, uh, yeah, so I'm not so sure that it was the Hawks that played all that great. Right. I think it was more that the Heat played that bad. Um, many, any thoughts on that one, Matt? Um, yeah, I mean, this Heat team's been inconsistent all year mm-hmm. long. They just haven't been the, the same team they were a year ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not sure I love their chances against the Chicago Bulls tomorrow right, night. The right. Bulls on, on the season against the Heat are 3-0, and mm-hmm. and those games haven't even been that close. Right, so, you right. know. This, this could be bye-bye Heat and, right. and hello Chicago Bulls, Milwaukee Bucks kind of subway series right. here in the right. first round of the NBA playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Like Matt mentioned, uh, in the 9-10 uh, matchup in the play-in tournament over in the East, Toronto Raptors, the 9 seed, taking a loss to the Chicago Bulls, the 10 seed by a score of 109 to 105. And what a collapse by the Raptors. I mean, we're up by 20, almost 30 at one point in this game and just down the stretch – fell apart uh and hats off to this bulls team they they kept fighting kept kept their way in it and in today's nba no lead is is ever safe right. uh just because of how quickly you can turn things around and you know how quickly you can score uh in in today's uh nba and you know the bulls just slowly started to pick away the raptors shot horribly from the free throw line um you know so We'll see. We'll see what this Raptors, you know, Raptors team does in the off season. Um, obviously, not the end of the season that they, you know, were hoping for. So as a result, then, like Matt mentioned, the Heat going to take on the Bulls in in the play in tournament to see who gets that final spot. You win this, and your reward is you get to play the best <laughs> team in basketball in the Milwaukee Bucks. So I'm not so sure what you want to do. Obviously, you want to, you know. However, both the Heat and the Bulls split. Split their four games with the Bucks this mm-hmm. year, so they both have shown they can play with them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Vegas has got the Heat favored by five and a half in this one. Like Matt mentioned, the Bulls took all three games in the regular season. Um, you know, Matt, what's your what's your thoughts on that? Who who do you like in that series? I guess it's not even a series; it's just right, a one, one game, game, one game. You, you know, the the big thing for me in that second half of the Toronto Bulls game mm-hmm. was Zach Levine came mm-hmm. alive. Yeah, and you know, he hasn't really been himself all season long. Mm-hmm. I think he had an injury early on, was, was and rumored to be on the trade block yeah. too at the, at the trade deadline. Couldn't really get himself together, but if he plays like his all star self, mm-hmm. this Bulls team is a completely different team, and they mm-hmm. can be dangerous. Yeah. You know, you got him and uh, what DeRozan also right. on that that right. roster, yep. uh, a big man and uh, Vucevic. Vucevic, yep. yeah. I mean that that's a, a decently put together roster, mm-hmm. and I I think I think the Bulls can take it here. Mm-hmm. They, they were three and zero against the Heat for a reason this season, right. and that was even struggling through injuries mm-hmm. and not even when they were playing their best. Mm-hmm. They're playing their best basketball. They can beat this Heat's team, and they can 
they can make the Bucks work for mm-hmm. it. I'm not saying they're going to beat the Bucks, right. but I think they make the Bucks work for it in that first round. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I got to agree with you. I like the Bulls to take to take this game. Um, if you like defense in this one, you like low scores. It, you know, Turn it even off. <laughs> even into the even in today's NBA, I think uh, you, you you somewhat tune in because both these teams top ten in the defense, bottom ten in the offense. Yeah. Uh, so. You know, not not teams that really score the ball very well, uh, but you know, play phenomenal defense. So we could have a low scoring affair even in today's NBA. Um, you know, for me, I think the impact player that you know, the guy that's going to have to have the impact, and that's Bam Adebayo for the mm-hmm. Heat. If the Heat want to move on, you know, just like Zach Levine for the right. Bulls, I think Bam Adebayo has got to play better. Um, yeah, you know, Butler needs that solid number two. Yeah, yeah, uh, because you know, Adebayo in the regular season had a great great year but if you look at his numbers after the all-star break they've really taken taken a dip um and and that game against the hawks he only scored 12 points got pretty much worked by clint capella mm-hmm. from from the hawks i think clint capella had 21 rebounds by himself um and yeah just was not the same bam out of bio or you know the guy that we're used to seeing so i think the effort is definitely going to have to be there uh, for for Bam, and I think that's going to you know have to be there for the Heat to really make an impact, and you know have somebody for Jimmy Butler to have kind of a running mate there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't think that he can do it all by himself. He right. needs somebody else to step up, and I think it, it has to be Bam in in this case. But ultimately, I like the I like the Bulls to 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 get it done, um, get get the win, and you know get the get the Bucks in the in the first round. So so we got the rest of the East kind of set up here as the number two Celtics versus number seven Atlanta. Right. I like Boston in that one. They've been three right. zero against the Hawks in the in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Then you got Philadelphia taking on uh, Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia's four and zero against Brooklyn in the regular season, and that was even beating them when they had Kyrie mm-hmm. and Durant. Right. That's right. definitely not the same Brooklyn team mm-hmm. that did a lot of that heavy lifting. Yep. Philadelphia wins that one easy. Yep. Most intriguing one in my mind though is this number four versus number five. Yep. You got Cleveland versus New York, mm-hmm. and Cleveland was only one and three against New York. So mm-hmm. yeah. You know, I, I could see New York pulling pulling a semi upset right, of a five right. over a four here. Right. Yeah, I think in that in that series, it's going to come down to what is Julius Randle's health look yeah. like. Um, you know, this guy injured his ankle two weeks ago, hasn't played since, um, has been in a walking boot. You know, ever since then, um, expected to be reevaluated here in a couple of days. You know, mm-hmm. very soon. I don't give the Knicks a, a good chance Without if he's him. not if he's yeah. not able to play, um, you know, and and so if he's if he can't go, I, yeah, I like the Cavs to get a get a first round victory, but if 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 Randall is able to play and, and play, I don't know, 90 percent of of himself, this one's going to be a good one. Um, I, I think it, I I have it, you know, my pick as the Cavs, but I have the Cavs in seven games. Right. I think it's going to come down to that to that final game, just because these two teams are. I mean, it, they're they're great to watch. They got you know two young guards in Donovan Mitchell versus Jalen Brunson. Um, the Cavs are more known for their defense, while the Knicks are more known for their offense. So you know, two contrasting styles, two different styles of play uh, going up against each other. I think this is going to be an exciting series. But ultimately, I think the Cavs get it get it done in in seven games. But yeah, tight tight back and forth battle yeah. between those two. Um, the other ones, yeah, like you mentioned, I don't think you know, much of a chance. Um, yeah, the, the, the 76ers, I think, maybe could be a sweep, but I think they win in five games. Mm. Same with the Celtics, probably somewhat of a sweep. Um, you know, if, if maybe the Hawks get one game there. But um, all right, then looking at the, the Western Conference uh, play-in tournaments, we had the seven-seed Los Angeles Lakers. Moving on, beat the number eight Minnesota Timberwolves one hundred eight to one hundred two in overtime. Yeah, um, ugly basketball game. Yeah, really. yeah, it was. I mean, the Lakers. Yeah, are lucky that they won that game. I mean, they were somewhat in control, and you know, then yeah, some things. It, it was that game was was wild, um, and the fact that Minnesota was even able to compete with their, you know, arguably one of their best players, Rudy Gobert, not playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that. I mean, that probably has to say a lot of good things about Minnesota, the willing to, to fight and, you know, keep it close. Right. Uh, but, you know, ultimately weren't, weren't able to get it, get it done. 
Uh, so they they take the L there, and they're going to be matching up then with the Oklahoma City Thunder, who you know were able to knock off the, the New Orleans Pelicans in the 9-10 matchup by a score of 123 to 118. Kind of a back and forth contest in in that one in that in that game. So like I said, it sets up a matchup. Number eight seed Minnesota Timberwolves versus the number ten seed Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, Timberwolves were three and one in the regular regular season against the Thunder, um, and Vegas likes them. Got them favored by by five and a half, I believe, in this one as well. Um, winner of this game then takes on Denver. You know, the number one seed in the in the Western Conference. Uh, you know, Matt, what what do you think? Who do you who do you like in that matchup? Yeah, so in that uh, Timberwolves Thunder's matchup, I, I I like the Timberwolves. I think Gobert coming back, mm-hmm. uh, look, he'll be looking to prove something. You know, he sorry to his teammates that right. he had to sit out that game because of some of his actions uh, the week before. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I think uh, I think Timberwolves will be able to take that one, and then it'll be interesting in the in the regular season. Minnesota and the Nuggets went two and two against each other. They split, yep. so Timberwolves can can play with the Nuggets. And and we got to remember this Minnesota team at the beginning of the year when they brought in Gobert, everybody's thinking these guys are making a step to be a championship contender. Mm-hmm. It never really played out, but if no. they're finally starting to come together and, right. and, they, and they can play, they, they can give the Nuggets a series. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if they, they beat them, but right. they can give it a series. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, for me, I, I like, you know, another upset in the play-in turn. I like the Thunder to get it mm-hmm. get it done here. Um, you know, I just think there's something magical brewing there. You know, a very, very young team in Oklahoma mm-hmm. City. Uh, they got a dynamic duo in, in, in Shai Shay Gilgis Alexander and uh, you know Josh Giddy there that played phenomenal in their game against the Pelicans. This is a team that can score the basketball. I don't know that Minnesota is going to be able to keep up uh, in in this one. I like the Thunder to have a you know another another great game, another great offensive performance from their two playmakers. They get they get a win get a win here, but obviously I think that's where the where the winning stops for them. I do like Denver's chances better against the Thunder than yeah. against the Timberwolves. They were one and three in the regular season. Yeah, so yes. you know we'll we'll see, and you know I don't know. Even I mean, even the Thunder could give the, the Nuggets a little bit of a of a series just because the Nuggets down the stretch didn't play very well. Mm-hmm. They they you know kind of were off to a great start, hot start with uh, you know out there in the West, but kind of towards the latter half, kind of last quarter of the season, they they kind of cooled off, and you know. There were several comments made by their head coach that they were playing soft and, you know, he, he just didn't think that they were the same team that was kind of playing with that same fire that they kind of started with the season. So we'll see, uh, you know, a little bit of rest, obviously, for for the Nuggets. We'll see if that time off for them is, is you know, good or, you know, does it help some of these teams that have been playing here for the last couple of days? Well, I mean, as, as we saw kind of all season long, this West has been bunched up. Mm-hmm. It, it's really anybody's game yeah. from one to eight. Mm-hmm. I think any of these teams could come out of the West mm-hmm. and, and go to the championship. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, running through then the rest of the, you know, the rest of the matchups, obviously Denver to be determined on who they'll take on. But then you got the two seed in, in Memphis Grizzlies taking on the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, Lakers two and one against the Grizzlies mm-hmm. in the regular season. Um, Vegas, Vegas likes this game to go to seven games. They like the Grizzlies give the best odds to the Grizzlies to win in seven games. For me, I got to contradict, uh, you know, Vegas. I, I like it to go to seven games, but I think the Lakers find a way to win in, in, in seven yeah, you, games. You get LeBron in a game seven mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Yeah. I, I think he's going to find a way to win. He's mm-hmm. that kind of star. Yeah. And, yeah. And if Anthony Davis can start playing like his former self, I mean, mm-hmm. he's kind of, been playing better here towards the end of the season. Yep. You know, the, the Lakers could have something here. Yeah. I mean, that, that could definitely be a, a potential 7-2 upset for sure. Yeah, absolutely. These Lakers have been playing well over the last, you know, kind of two, three weeks of the season, kind of all gelling together. Everybody's healthy again. You know, they're, they're starting to gel. They uh, sh- ship out Westbrook, and it, they've come together ever right. since. Yep. I mean, yeah. what's that tell you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you mentioned it, Anthony Davis – in his 35 career games against Memphis, he's averaged about 23 points a game, about 12 rebounds a game, and almost three blocks a game, right. too. So this guy, you know, somewhat has the Grizzlies number or always seems to play very well against the Grizzlies and, you know, going to have the opportunity to maybe get to see him for, for seven games in this right. one. Um, you know, it, it's a team that's already somewhat old and aging. I don't think that's probably what you, you know, because some, some people are picking this Lakers team to make a run to the finals or make a run to the Western Conference finals. I don't know if they can keep up with all this. There's right. a lot of running gun here right. in the West. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, obviously, yeah, if you want to keep going, 
a first round matchup going to seven games with an already aging roster, I don't think is what you want want to do. Um, but you know, we'll we'll see. Obviously, yeah, Lakers got one of the best in the business in in LeBron James. But and the Lakers, uh, if they really do want to make a run this playoffs, they got to get something out of D'Angelo Russell. Mm-hmm. When he plays well, mm-hmm. they they win and they win big. When right. he doesn't play well, sometimes they win, sometimes they lose. Yeah, you know, I I think he's he's a big part of what could make them a potential play you know championship contender mm-hmm. if if he can get back to his former all-star self of a couple seasons ago. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the, the three seed, the Sacramento Kings making the playoffs for the first time in, I don't know, a long time. Right. Uh, um, and again, I feel bad for them. Or something? Yeah. I feel bad for them because their reward is you get to play the defending NBA champions, number six seed golden state warriors who, again, another hot team coming, you know, coming into the playoffs, finally have all their pieces back, back together and healthy. And they had the Kings number in the regular season, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. three and one. Right. The uh, Vegas likes the Warriors to win this game, win this series in six games. Uh, best odds to win it in six games. Um, you know, I think another series that could go possibly seven games, but ultimately, I think that experience, that that leadership, that that team that they have in Golden State, I think is going to be the difference maker. Uh, they get it done in, in seven games. Uh, but so, so man, we got a, a one, a six, and a seven already. Right. Talking about advancing mm-hmm. here, right? Yeah, a lot of a lot of chaos, and I think yeah. that's you know up to par with you know this crazy West that that we have here. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see what uh, you know. Like I said, I feel bad for the Kings because they finally you know have a great season or whatever. And like I said, the reward is you get to play you know Golden State, who's always a perennial powerhouse when it comes to the playoffs. So. Maybe they maybe they changed my mind. Maybe this Kings team is for real, but I just like the Warriors' experience when it comes to playoff right. time. Yep. Then the uh, last one we got the four seed Phoenix Suns going up against the number five seed Los Angeles Clippers. Um, Vegas likes the Suns to take it in five games. I like the Suns to win, but take it in six games. The, mm-hmm. the Clippers find a way to win a couple games in this series. I think that the the one for me or the difference in this is. You know, can Paul George suit up at all in this in this series? Uh, currently, you know, dealing with a knee issue, um, injured his knee back in March, uh, late late half of March, and hasn't played in the game since then. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, this this Clippers team is a totally different team when George is in the lineup. Right. Him and Kawhi both. I mean, that that's yeah, a tough dynamic duo to 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 stop. But uh, with with him out of the lineup, I, I just. If he doesn't play well, at all, do yeah, if he doesn't play at all, I can see this being a sweep. Maybe the Clippers find a way to win one game, but if if George is able to suit up at all, I think that they may be able to get a couple of games, kind of test this Phoenix Suns, you know, team a little bit, but ultimately, you know, I like the I like the Suns to get it done. They they did tie 2-2 in the in the regular season, so this could be you know could be an interesting interesting series, but uh, and you know a, a long series may not be a bad thing for the Suns mm-hmm, team because mm-hmm. one a lot of their stars have been injured and haven't played a lot this mm-hmm, season, mm-hmm. and then they made the late season trade for Durant, so they right. haven't played a lot together. Mm-hmm. A long series might actually be a good thing to get. I, more, I know they're older and they may get chemistry. a little tired, but right. build some chemistry. Yeah. You know, get get a little mo, mo going for this team. Yeah. And they've got a ton of talent. Mm-hmm. I mean, their team, another one that you can talk about as a championship contender with, oh, yeah. with the guys on that roster. Right, right. This West is so all over the place that, right. yeah, any, any one of these teams could probably make a run to the Western Conference mm-hmm. Finals, if not the you know the NBA Finals. So we shall see what, what happens. Um, obviously, the, the, the final two play-in games are tomorrow, tomorrow night. Um, you know, and we'll see who who wins those and what happens, you know, what, what awaits them. And then – first round series of each of these different matchups start on either Saturday or Sunday. So a lot of basketball still to be, you know, still to be played a lot of exciting stuff to, to go on. Um, so we'll, we'll keep, uh, you know, every week, keep kind of keep you updated on how, how stuff is, how stuff's playing out when, when this playoffs and uh, you know, before you know, it, yeah, we'll be talking NBA finals. So um, that's it. That's all we got for, for tonight's show. So we appreciate you listening to fired up with your hosts, Colton Cal, Matt Cordes. We hope you enjoyed our episode this week. Um, If you want to hear other topics for future episodes or, you know, you just got a burning sports question you want to hear us talk about on the show, feel free to reach out to us on our different social medias. We have an Instagram where you can find us at firedup underscore podcast, or you can find us over on Facebook at firedup comma sports podcast. 
And as always, you can head over to our website at www.firedup1.podbean.com where you can check out all of our past episodes and, you know, just um, it's a little bit of information about, about the show. Uh, you'll find all of our past episodes on there, future episodes, um, and as well as, you know, if you want to listen to this episode and even, fut- you know, future episodes and, you know, past episodes, you can find us on pretty much any podcast platform you can think of. Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora. Anywhere you can listen to a podcast, you can find our show. So appreciate y'all listening. And as always, stay fired up.